when she... Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Well, not quite. Karen Cataline filling in for Alan Nathan today, who's working on his book. I'm always happy to fill in and be part of the team of the Main Street Radio Network. I'm a commentator, columnist, all-around rabble-rouser. Not sure exactly what that is these days, but I know there is an awful lot of news. I like to call it drinking from a fire hose, but here to make sense of the issues, large and small, is uh, we're going to open right away with our very first guest today. And... Uh, here on the Ellen Nathan Show, fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research, as well as the director of the National Center's Free Enterprise Project. His name is Scott Shepard, and we have him right now on the Ellen Nathan Show. Welcome, Scott, to opening thank the you. program today. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kathleen. I'm honored. Great to be on with you. Yes, it's good to talk to you. So, uh there's there's this phrase that we have heard among conservatives that, of course, conservatives like a lot, quote, go, ro- go woke, go broke. And you have some news about uh, shareholders in Starbucks and everybody, pretty much everybody knows Starbucks is owned by uh, some pretty woke leftist type folks. Give us the lowdown on what's going on with Starbucks. Are they woke? Are they broke? Or somewhere in between? Well, it's not. The people who run Starbucks think that they're the owners, but in fact, the shareholders are the owners, and they're mostly just average Americans um, who invested in investment houses like BlackRock that's run by uh, woke folk and and uh, of course the executives at Starbucks so it's run like an insanely woke corporation and in fact we had a shareholder proposal there this year to address the fact that you know um Howard Schultz the three peat CEO who's now out again he is just as as left liberal as they come and he um ran his company that way in violation of his fiduciary duties he spent a lot of money on left wing causes he shut down remember there was uh, an event in philadelphia in 2018 i think a couple of vagrants got thrown out of the of a store because they weren't buying anything and uh and this caused and because they happened to be black this caused a terrible racial reckoning and and Schultz shut down all the stores uh and and gave uh, his baristas a lecture on <laughs> lecture on race and, and and racial theory for half a day and then presume that those those baristas those people serving you terrible burnt coffee were exactly the <laughs> right people to have a racial reckoning in America um yeah uh, and i remember hold, uh, have a racial uh, conversation yeah and and you know before we get into the shareholders meeting cuz we do have uh, a little bit of time here uh most 
it, uh, customers remember the the little flights of fancy quixotic quixotic whatever fancies that they messed around with people's names on coffee and they put yes. little sayings on the coffee telling you you know what you're supposed to think believe and know uh, it is amazing the level of arrogance of the modern-day leftist. Uh, comment <laughs> about that, and then we'll talk about the, the stockholders. It's, it's <laughs> absolutely right. The idea, the idea that uh, nose-ring baristas were the people to lead a national discourse about anything was, was ridiculous, and that they could do it after a half day of, of happy talk, uh, you know, the, the – the uh, company closed down and those happy talk uh, uh, explanations about, about what's wrong with the country. And of course, it, in the mind of these racial uh, 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 troublemakers, what's wrong with the country is white people try to be less white, right? Somehow it's not racist to call people uh, worse uh, because of the co color of their skin and Starbucks and a whole lot of other companies are actively discriminating on the basis of skin color and sex. And in some cases, sexual and that's orientation, not all of which violates the constitution. Yeah. yeah if I you mean, discriminate, if you hate white people for the color of their skin, that's not racist or bigoted right. at all. No, sir. That's right. Except that these people run corporations that are paid for by other people's money. They're just the managers for the shareholders. Yeah. And yeah. The, there's nothing in the 14th Amendment that guarantees civil rights to everybody. There's no hidden written in invisible ink section six that says, oh, none of this counts if you just label the people you want to discriminate in favor of diverse. Right. And so Starbucks is, is violating the law with this discrimination. Lots of other companies are doing it as well. But but Starbucks also and not just the racial reckoning nonsense, but they've also put money into and been behind absolutely everything uh, that's going wrong in taking down the cities that that have adopted it. They were behind defunding the police. They were behind BLM. They were behind um, uh, equity based you well, know, Star uh, bail Starbucks. You mean they're Starbucks. among them? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they, they were supporting them, yes. all of this. Yeah. yeah. And now they're having to shut Stunning. down uh, 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 shut down shops in exactly the places where the cities have, have taken Starbucks recommendations on board. And so Talk it's hurting about the company. shooting yourself in the coffee cup, right? <laughs> so you help to destroy a city that you have to leave. It's like my new slogan. The left destroys, makes cities unlivable, and then wants to force you to live in them, right? Oh, that's right. Because we <laughs> all have to – we yeah. – now, not anybody who's pushing this. Howard Kurtz – Howard um, uh, Howard Schultz isn't going to give up his private jet or the Starbucks private jet. But never. Nor Larry Fink never, give no. up his private jet. But the rest of uh -huh. us have to live in cities, in, in rabbit uh, hutches. Uh, size departments because because of their vision of how the the earth is going to mm. be mad at us if we don't you know hit carbon zero yeah. and that we're we're doing uh racism if we don't judge people by the color of their skin they're just everything yeah. they do is stupid and hurts their companies yeah and uh and none of us voted for this policy that is being pushed down our throat it's literally being pushed down our throat because supposedly Anybody who dares to disagree uh, has to sit down and shut up. Um, that's why we love uh, the Main Street Radio Network and doing 
open <laughs> free market America uh, talk radio. Uh, tell us more about this, um, the shareholders, and exactly is Starbucks hurting? Are they are they closing stores? Are they going broke? Uh, obviously, I don't think they're going broke, but are they losing money? And can some of us figure that that could be uh, karma? I don't know. Yeah, well, they're not going broke as quickly. You know where get woke go broke is is most obvious, as in um, content entertainment uh, companies. Uh, Disney is going broke. It has lost half of its value. Twi- uh, God, uh, old Twitter does, was yeah. They deserve it. Be Boy, do they deserve it. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm sorry, I talked over you. I apologize. So you mentioned Disney. That's an awfully big company. They don't didn't they buy NBC or something? I mean, we're talking massive amounts of dollars there. Are they going broke? Well, well, yeah, they're uh, it's the company's worth half of what it was um just a few years ago. They recently fired, you know, fairly famously, they took over Star Wars from George Lucas. Uh, it wasn't doing that, that a great a job with it anyway after the first three three uh, movies. But they took over Star Wars, and Kathleen Kennedy ran it, and she ran it woke, and she ran it right into the ground. And oh. now they're going to be having a Viking funeral for her this uh, this summer. They're going <laughs> to clap really loud to hide the fact that they're forcing her out of the building. And they fired oh. the head of Marvel because the Marvel movies. Now, I'm a grown man. I don't know a whole lot about um, uh, um, uh Superhero movies made after, say, 1985. <laughs> but what I understand <laughs> is that they are crazy woke and that nobody wants uh, to watch them anymore. And so no. they're losing money hand over fist that way, too. Because, no, and, and, they don't. And she was one of the women who uh, who came out and talked about the not-at-all-gay Disney agenda to, to shove that sort of thing into absolutely... Uh, don't say gay. They have. Right. right. It really boils down to you're not allowed to talk about it, but really we're grooming your children. That's that's okay. Uh, Scott, yeah, they, we do... They hook up with... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Well, we do have uh, a little bit of time. Can you stay with us for one more segment? Because sure. I'd love to talk to sure. you about entertainment. One of my favorite topics. Entertainment, okay. the woke establishment and how people are looking for alternatives in entertainment. We're talking to Scott Shepard, fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research. We'll learn more about his organization as well. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stay tuned. This message is provided by Beringer Ingelheim. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is one of the more common forms of progressive fibrosing interstitial lung diseases with symptoms including breathlessness during activity, a dry and persistent cough, chest discomfort, fatigue, and weakness. There are more than 200 lung disorders that can lead to pulmonary fibrosis, an irreversible scarring of lungs that can negatively impact lung function, quality of life, and may become life-threatening. While approved treatments for people living with these diseases can help slow disease progression, new therapies are needed to help potentially stop progression. Fortunately, there is new research underway to assess the safety and efficacy of an investigational treatment in patients with IPF and other progressive ILDs. This is part of Beringer Ingelheim's Phase 3 Global 
Global Fibroneer Program. To learn more about Fibroneer and eligibility requirements, visit fibroneer-ipf.longboat.com and fibroneer-ild.longboat.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to skill 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time Ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at PVA.org. Welcome back. <clears throat> Whoa. Little bit of crud there. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline filling in for Alan today, and we are in the process of a conversation. We're in the middle of a conversation with Scott Shepard, fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research and director of the National Center's Free Enterprise Project. Boy, we remember free enterprise, don't we, Scott? <laughs> We're, we're glad that you decided to stick with us for one more segment. Thanks for continuing with this. My pleasure. 
Great. Um, so it's not only Disney and Starbucks and Kohl's and Bed Bath and Beyond and a host of Woka Cola, which you referenced. <laughs> Uh, you know, be less white. I mean, that's not racist at all. Um, there is this uh, movement that just seems to grow and grow. Uh, would you call it, like on a macro level, would you call this a form of corporate fascism where they're colluding with the government to put forth policies and even uh, social attitudes that serve them politically? Yes. I mean, by the actual definitions of fascism. Now, of course, fascism these days uh, in the mainstream media, if if that term makes any sense anymore, means anything that they oppose. Anything the left opposes is now fascism. If you follow AOC, it's fascism to want parents to be involved in their kids' education. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's fascism. (laughs) They call fascism exactly what they do. Uh, you know, right. what they do is fascism, but they accuse everyone else of it. That's another oh, classic they constantly thing. accuse all of us of what they're up to. You know they're up to something when they start accusing us of it. But but you're yeah. right that fascism is exactly what you said. What it's defined as, what it meant, is a, uh, a uh, collaboration between big government and big business in order to make things run more efficiently by the definitions of big government and big business at the expense of individual liberties and individual freedom. So it's exactly what's going on because Larry Fink and, and, uh, and uh, Jim Care, uh, John Kerry and, and Joe Biden don't want their lives to be constrained in any way, but they want the rest of us to lose liberty, to lose the chance to be entrepreneurs, to lose the chance to achieve according to our merit the way Larry Fink did, rather than being put in the back of the bus because we're white. They want all of those constraints on us because they think that the the world will work more efficiently if all those constraints uh, apply. And also they get to be a new world uh, nobility. And that's so disingenuous because I don't know, we can't uh, you know, uh, uh, divine, divine, whatever it is, what they really think. But I doubt seriously they believe half most of the propaganda they're perpetrating on us because the people that are screaming racism the loudest and say they hate whites are liberal whites. <laughs> they're liberal white people telling everybody that white people are horrible, evil demons in order to, I think, uh, incite the public into this constant divisiveness. It's really unconscionable, but uh, I guess we're getting off the mark simply because there's just so doggone much to comment upon. Let's stick with the corporations. Um <laughs> Isn't it fun? Remember, uh, Scott Shepard, when the left hated corporations, they hated and distrusted them? Yeah, you would think that 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 muscle memory goes all the way back to 2010 when they were talking about eating the 1%. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't trust Walmart. They hated big corporations because they were the symbol of evil, rotten capitalism. But the minute the corporations started going woke, they were okay. They could lord over everybody as much or as often as they want. You know, this is a tangled web here. Why don't you tell us more about the National Center for Public Policy Research and what you believe 
is most effective in addressing this, uh, for the lack of a better term, behemoth, if that's a word, of what is actually being imposed upon us? I mean, how does yeah. the true little guy uh, uh, ever hope to uh, just eke out his own personal freedom and safety for his, his family and himself? Well, what we try to be is shareholder activists, and so we work with corporations to try to get them back to flying us around the country and making us fizzy drinks and not getting involved in politics that have nothing real to do with their businesses. And so we submit shareholder proposals. We had one at Starbucks asking them, uh, hey, maybe stop supporting things that make you shut shut uh, stores in, in urban areas. Um, and we have uh, probably 40 <laughs> others that will be on ballots uh, this year. We also are suing Starbucks executives for their racial discrimination. We're going to be suing other companies. But for, for your listeners and for people to get involved, the thing to remember is that we can't – listen, if we just boycotted all left-of-center corporations at this point, we'd all be living together in a cave, leaning on my pillow, eating Goya beans, and that's it. Because everything's yeah. gone left, so we've got to we've got so to fight. Much. We've got to fight at the level it'll matter to us. So McDonald's yeah. discriminates on the basis of race. Go and talk to your local McDonald's uh, outlet franchisor, the guy who owns that individual McDonald's, and tell him, "Look, you're not going to go to McDonald's anymore until they stop discriminating." That uh, tell us just real real quick. Give us a clarification of how McDonald's is discriminating. Some of us may not know. Yeah, well, it, it discriminates on the basis of race and I think sex when it uh, uh, when it picks suppliers. It has quotas for that. It discriminates oh. in house by including uh, making sure that hiring uh, hiring uh, uh, people ha- people who have the power to hire and promote know the racial uh, makeup of their direct reports and then pay them more if they hit certain, they call them targets, but they're really racial and and, and, uh, ethnic quotas and all sorts of other programs like that, uh, that that are really just straightforward discrimination on the basis of, of race and ethnicity. Okay. What other advice can you give people who really care about this issue and want to help you out? Well, if you want to get involved as a, a shareholder um, uh, activist, let us know and we can get you into the process of, of, of filing shareholder proposals. You can get in touch with the investor relations departments of these corporations. But the best thing to do is to act as locally as possible. If there's a Coca-Cola bottling company or a distributor or something in your area, Talk locally, because that information will get up to headquarters very quickly, whereas if you're just a small investor, the IR department's going to poo-poo you. But also, if you want to go to – if you want to go and and, – very politely, middle-class way, but uh, um, protest at shareholder meetings or in front of corporations, we have to emulate the left's tactics in order to defeat the left's goals. Yeah, and the left doesn't call their own protesters domestic terrorists for daring to disagree, but they do try to uh, suppress opposition by making examples of people. But if you don't have courage in times of trouble, when are you going to have some, right? Scott Shepard, how do they find you at the National Center for Public Policy Research? Our our program's at freeenterpriseproject.org. Love to hear from you. Thank you, Scott Shepard. Such a pleasure. Uh, We are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with another 
hot issue because doggone it, there are so many. Karen Cataline filling in for Alan Nathan here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stay tuned. When you have multiple software solutions handling all your IT needs, the cost and inefficiencies really add up, leading to IT sprawl. IT sprawl is a common issue for several companies, but can be especially harmful for small to medium-sized enterprises. The solution? IT unification. IT unification unleashes IT teams to do more by maximizing existing investments and plugging gaps that lead to higher costs, overspending, and more work. You get more out of what you have, improve security, and obtain more visibility and control into your environments. The open directory platform provider JumpCloud helps companies through the entire IT unification process. Josie Judy, manager at JumpCloud. IT unification optimizes your offerings, decreases your management workload, levels up your tech game, and gives you a competitive advantage. Choosing an all-in-one platform like JumpCloud offers all the functionality at a fraction of the time and cost of multiple providers. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Spring is in the air, and now's the time to spring forward with a delicious breakfast from Burger King, an all-natural Simply Orange juice. Begin your day with a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich with sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant, or a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit on a warm buttermilk biscuit. And make it a meal. All Burger King breakfast sandwiches go great with crispy hash browns and pair perfectly with a Simply Orange juice with no added sugar. Never sweetened, never concentrated, and never frozen. Simply Orange goes perfectly with breakfast at Burger King and is rich in vitamin C. And now through March 31st on the BK app, Royal Perks members get a free single croissant sandwich with any Simply Orange juice purchase. Use code BREAKFAST to redeem. Get a jump on spring with breakfast at Burger King. Because you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants, Royal Perks account required. Restrictions apply. See offer terms for details. Not valid on delivery orders. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. The forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Climb puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. 
Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM. So can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline. We're forging right along here on the Alan Nathan Show as Alan continues to work on his book. Um, and joining us now is president of the Center for Equal Opportunity and Federalist Society legal expert. His name is Devin Westhill, and we've got him right now. Welcome, Devin, to the Alan Nathan Show. You're with Karen Cataline. Hi, Karen. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope I have this right. It appears that you testified Friday at a briefing held by the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, and very, very important issue on anti-Asian racism. Help us unpack that. Uh, if you That's know. right. That's right. I did. Um, and so did quite a number of other people. That was a briefing that went about uh, four or five hours. I was a part of the final panel. I think the issue of racism, period, is important, right? Uh, we've seen quite a lot of folks uh, out in the public sphere since the George Floyd's uh, murder uh, talking about racism from a number of different perspectives. Uh, one of those perspectives is the anti-Asian racism perspective. Uh, part of that reasoning is we've seen a spike in crime generally, particularly violent crime, uh, but a spike specifically against Asian Americans uh, across the country, uh, including uh, violent crime and including murder. I testified before um, a hearing of the Senate and also a hearing of the House of Representatives uh, last uh, two different hearings uh, last year on this very topic. So it's something that the federal government is very interested in uh, and something that we should be uh, really focused on. But I took a different take. Uh, I'm not an expert on anti-Asian uh, crime or hate crimes. What I am an expert on, I guess, is uh, talking about uh, anti-Asian discrimination in a number of different spheres of American life. One of those is the federal government's equity measures, and we can go into detail there, um, but specifically decades of anti-Asian discrimination in admissions to colleges and universities. Um, and that's what I wanted to talk about, and I did uh, last Friday at that hearing of the Civil Rights Commission. 
And is it discrimination against Asians for being too good, too smart, or is it discrimination of Asians because they happen to be Asian? Well, look, I, I can't and I don't pretend to get into the heads of those individuals who um, would hold back certain people based on their skin color or where their ancestors are from. Um, but what it looks like, um, at least when it comes to university and college admissions, is that Asian Americans um, do really, really well on standardized tests. They do really, really well in school. Part of that is cultural, right? Um, many uh, Asian families and Asian culture, they prioritize uh, learning. They prioritize success in academics. They have strong family cohesion, and they push their children to uh, do the absolute very best that they can do. And we see that playing out in the numbers of Asian Americans who score really high on standardized tests like the SAT or the law school admissions test or the uh, medical school admissions test, uh, and also have very, very high uh, grades um, and are very accomplished in various extracurricular activities such as uh, playing instruments and so forth. Uh, so they are very, very strong applicants uh, for uh, admission into colleges and universities, graduate schools, and the like. Um, and one of the problems, right, uh, if we can call it a problem in today's world, is that um, with equity measures, the idea that outcomes need to be proportional to the population, um, there are too many Asians. Uh, and not enough of other races and ethnicities uh, to make equity proponents happy. And so what happens is they get pushed down uh, artificially in support of other races and ethnicities. They get propped up um, to help fill out the proportion that uh, equity of outcome measures demand. It's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because on the one hand, it's a direct attack on merit and on just judging people individually. And yet uh, we have a force and a power in this country to reduce everyone to these superficial groups to basically collectivize us all and categorize us uh, it, it, based on superficial characteristics, which is racism, um, and and what that does is depersonalizes us all. It, it it robs us of our individuality. So when you fight back on the basis of merit for Asian Americans, I mean, how do you do that without ending up falling into the same trap? Well, it it certainly is uh, a curious position to be in, right? To say, look. Um, we really need to be supporting um, all people, but particularly in this sort of context, Asian Americans, because they're the ones that are pushed down the hardest, uh, despite the fact that, you know, as individuals, right, they are achieving um, really, really great things and they can do really, really great things um, for themselves, their families, this country, et cetera, if we allow them to um, to shine as they otherwise. But why not push, I might ask, why not push a different attitude of merit and individual accomplishment as opposed to reducing everybody to a number and robbing them, as I said, of their individual uh, abilities uh, and, and refusing to judge people on the basis of, well, uh, character, as Martin Luther King said, and accomplishment, that's what I think is under attack here. So if you focus on Asians alone, 
you know, what about Indians who are marvelous at computers? You know, if you put down merit and you judge people based on categories, you're going to get the same thing whether they're Asians or Jews or anybody who might uh, achieve. And then you go after the group. Just wondering about that. No, well- well, I think you're exactly right. What we ought to be judging people on is their characters. You just suggested um, not their race, not their ethnicity, not these other immutable characteristics that they can't change. Yes. Um, we should be respecting the individual uh, because to do otherwise really perverts our understanding of justice uh, in America. And, Which and is what we're living in right now. Life. You might agree. This is a perverted sense of justice when people get special treatment based on the color of their skin. I don't care what color it is. Uh, when they get special, ju- uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's, um, it is perverting one of the most deeply held uh, views of the founding of this country of equal justice under the law, blind justice, if you will. I think that's exactly right. And I'll say, you know, Indian Americans, as you suggested, are actually in most instances when it comes to this particular context, considered Asian American. The the umbrella term of Asian American accounts for a broad swath of of the world that really is not fully represented under the banner Asian American, right? There are very few Hmong for example, applicants to uh, any sort of universities within the United States of America. And they, Mm. if you really cared about diversity of culture, diversity of experience, diversity of viewpoint, you might want more Hmong uh, on your campus, but you're not going to get them if you put them under the umbrella Asian American, this artificial umbrella Asian American, uh, and downgrade them in the admissions process in favor of uh, proportional representation based on, you know, categories like black or Hispanic or white, which also are very, very crude and arbitrary. Exactly right. So what are you doing in our last few minutes? What does your organization do? The President uh, Center for Equal Opportunity and the Federalist Society, uh, what you're doing to counteract these attitudes that we are the color of our skin, Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I I, I run the Center for Equal Opportunity, which is a nonprofit and nonpartisan organization that has been around for over a quarter of a century. We've done one thing that entire time very, very well, and that is advocate for colorblind, equal opportunity, and non-discrimination in America. We've done that through legal briefs. I am a lawyer um, um, over that period of time. We've also done that just by getting out into the public and making clear what's going on in these sorts of instances when people are interested in dividing us by race, um, which really doesn't make any sense. And as I suggested earlier in the talk here, um, really just perverts our understanding of, of, of justice. Uh, and I think right. at the end of the day, most people care about minorities, and that's why they're trying to do these sorts of efforts. But I think it's important to remember that the smallest minority on earth is the individual. And if people care about yeah. minorities, they ought to care about individual rights. And it's condescending, as we've seen so many times, to give people uh, rewards based on the color of their skin as if they cannot uh, compete on a fair playing field. Thank you Absolutely. so much, Devin Westfield. We Westhill, excuse me, for joining us here on the Alan Nathan Show. We hope 
you can continued good success. Well, uh, we're going to wrap up this hour with Michael Letts, and uh, you know him, and uh, we are going to be talking about, well, I'll tell you that after we come back. Karen Cataline filling in for Alan Nathan on the Main Street Radio Network. In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager. Jump Clouds Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices, and cloud based options aren't ideal either. Jump Cloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end to end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. 
The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year, remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. We are wrapping up this first hour with uh, someone we know well around here, CEO and founder of Invest USA, a national grassroots nonprofit for providing police with bulletproof vests. His name is Michael Lest. Let's, excuse me, and we have him right now. Hi, Michael. Hi, Karen. Always a privilege to be with you. You have it's fantastic a job. Oh, well, so do you. <laughs> Look at this, the uh, uh, Mutual Admiration Society. <laughs> you you are here to talk about uh, Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon refusing, refusing to charge an armed suspect that threatened a school. Tell us about it, because we do want to know. Well, there's armed suspect happens to be a high school student who uh, was a, has a long rifle and plenty of ammo. And actually, we went to the school itself, and uh, fortunately, somebody was vigilant, tipped it off, and they were able to apprehend him before any damage was done. However, wow. the uh, prosecuting attorney, who has been funded by George Soros, who's made it a point of trying to make sure that they put more criminals back out on the street, reduce uh, charges from felonies and misdemeanors. In this case, not even reducing charge, refuses to charge him at all. Mm. Uh, Young people need second chances. Well, I can tell you this, somebody that has gone to the effort to make sure they have the rifle and the ammo and gone to the target area itself is not looking at a second chance. There are severe mental issues there as well. And quite frankly, for them to ignore that, plays those poor students at risk is reprehensible. And yet they wring their hands constantly and use horrible, horrible, tragic and criminal school shootings. There was just one in Colorado last week to push their anti-gun agenda 
by uh, want, using it to disarm law-abiding citizens from being able to protect themselves. Um, how does all that square together, do you think, well, Michael? That's- you know, it's interesting, Karen. Just moments ago, uh, breaking news story, we've just had a shooting at a Christian elementary oh school. Oh, my God. In, in Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee, we have people down. We do are assessing the situation now, but the initial reaction was the same from mass media. Here we go with guns again. No, the guns do not shoot themselves. Here we go with people who have a nefarious agenda, who are determined to destroy this country and take away our ability to defend ourselves. We have gotten to the point, Karen, in this country, to where the thin blue line is so thin and it's cracking that it will be up to the individuals whom I am talking to to make sure you're armed, to make sure you know how to use it, and make sure that you defend your family and your community as well in conjunction now with first responders. And for them to want to remove that right from you is a threat to the very national security of this country. We have to stand as we've never stood before, united together. We would not allow them to destroy what's left of the freedoms of this country that we enjoy. Yeah. Well, when you put together... The actions, not the words. And you say, oh, you know, they deserve a second chance. Criminals deserve a second chance. While they continually smear law-abiding citizens, calling them criminals, calling them domestic terrorists, and, and George Soros wanting to put more criminals out on the street. You know, what are you going to conclude from those couple of uh, very significant actions. I mean, can't you conclude an, a motive, an end game for switching, uh, turning justice on its head and going after law-abiding citizens and letting criminals free and out of jail? I mean, during COVID, uh, we saw them <laughs> empty the prisons while they imprisoned law-abiding citizens. It was fairly yeah, brazen, fairly brazen. Yeah. And Karen, on that particular issue, what is so sad, and I was on an interview this morning with this, we know COVID-19 was a military operation by the Chinese. It was done to undermine the national security of this country. And uh, they had players within the administration to help them do that. It was just ironic that we have elected officials who are so desperately trying to bring us into a dictatorship and a tyrannical form of government which was never what our forefathers envisioned and never what we and our forefathers died for on battlefields to provide for freedom for this country. You are exactly right. This is where they're headed. We have to call it for what it is, and we have to call it out and make sure that we stand against it. Yeah. Um, So I always ask this question, and it gets harder and harder because what you've got is the many trying to control and subjugate i mean the few trying to subjugate the many and because they have power so what does the little guy which the democrats used to claim that they were for but they're not i think this is sort of obvious at this point what does the true little guy which means a person who just wants to you know raise his kids put food on the table and to be left alone what do they do and how do you help Well, two things, Uh, Karen. First of all, we have to accept reality. What is reality? The vision of I just mind my own business, enjoy life, and get to enjoy my grandkids and then pass on 
is no longer reality in America. We are fighting for the very soul, the very survival of this country. We have to accept that premise because of the fact they are using every tool available to empower and the democratic side and to bring fear to the American people. We just discovered this issue to release this morning that now we know for a fact there were informants uh, and provocators who were law enforcement uh, federal agents at January the 6th. They have taken a two-tier justice system. They are determined to send a message that if you do not support their agenda, you will pay the price of going to jail yourself without due process. Quite frankly, Karen, those kind of issues just simply cannot stand. You know, I encourage your listeners from this standpoint. During the American Revolution, 10% of the people that lived in this country brought about a new country, the United States of America. Everyone doesn't have to participate. I wish they would, but there are enough of us that we can make sure that if we are united, we stop them cold in their tracks about trying to destroy our freedoms. We don't have much time, but what can they do? Because that's the question we get more than any other. What can they do? Go to our, web, go to our website. That's I-N-D-E-S-T-U-S-A dot org. First of all, you'll be able to stay informed. All this information is on our website. Second of all, we want to make sure that you support our first responders because they're that thin blue line that are keeping us safe. Then third, yeah. make sure you're armed and ready to protect what needs to happen. Yeah. Michael Letts, CEO and founder of Invest USA. Thank you so much for joining us. We so appreciate it. Well, we have a whole nother hour of the Ellen Nathan show. Uh, some terrific guests. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a top of the hour break and we'll have more when we come back on the Ellen Nathan show. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.